Hey everyone, today's episode of Product Explained is brought to you by Exponent. Interested in pursuing a career in tech? Exponent can help you with coaching, courses, and community for aspiring young professionals. Check out Exponent today at www.tryexponent.com. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Hey Jeff, do you think becoming a verb is the pinnacle of Silicon Valley success? <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, you can Venmo me later. Today's show is Venmo, a mobile payment service that provides fast, safe social payments. Yeah, and as Jeff mentioned, Venmo is a mobile app uh, payment service uh, that lets users send and receive money to other registered members of the app. Right now, Venmo is only offered for uh, folks located in the United States. Another interesting aspect to Venmo as a product is they have a social feed. So you can actually see the names and transactions between users. Many of the transactions are actually defaulted to emojis. So if you scroll down that, you'll actually see tacos and all sorts of emojis that all of your friends are sharing between each other. So something that I think is kind of interesting is the fact that it's a social feed for payments, which is kind of weird, right? Like payments in a lot of ways is really private. I've actually turned off my external feed. I don't know if you have on Venmo, but I, I still see a ton of my friends like and all the different things that they've shared or they'll write something funny or witty and or just do emojis. I want to know what the most common emoji used in Venmo is. I wonder if it's tacos or pizza. <laughs> or maybe the the money uh, money with wings. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, personally, I, I've 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 turned that off as well. I think it's a little weird to share the transaction history of, of things. It is helpful though to see as a reminder of hey, like when did I last pay someone or or do something. So the private feed is is really nice, mm-hmm. and Agreed. the emojis is a really visual, quick way to oddly sort very fast. <laughs> and yeah, it might just be a heuristic that it's yeah, you know, and it's an image, so it's just faster. So yeah, um, totally. Venmo's business model is fairly complex. I was doing some research and trying to, you know, look under the hood of how does Venmo actually generate revenue. So Venmo provides free transactions between its users. So if you have a positive account balance in your Venmo account, if you think of it as a Venmo wallet, um, or if you have a debit card, or if you have a checking account connected. So for example, if I want to send Jeff $100 and I have a debit card or checking account connected, I won't be charged a fee. I'll we should try that be... right now. Actually. <laughs> Remind me later. <laughs> Venmo makes money off of transactions with a credit card. So Venmo will actually charge a 2.9% fee if you're using a credit card to make a transaction. Uh, they also charge that same 2.9% fee to businesses that are handling transactions. Uh, so a nice example of that to just crystallize that for folks is imagine you're an online store selling t-shirts per se, Jeff. Um, you use Venmo as a, a payment platform. Venmo is going to take 2.9% of that, you know, transaction. Venmo has also rolled out a 1% fee to users that want to have their money instantly. So if you uh, need cash now and you have some in your Venmo account. JG Wentworth. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I think it's like 1% up to $10 or something along those lines to get that money instantly as opposed to two to five business days later. And then lastly, Venmo also launched a MasterCard branded debit card. 
that is very similar to your bank account debit card. So you can, if you have a positive account, you can use that transactions um, across the world. Um, and Venmo makes small fees off of the ATM transactions if you're taking cash out that way. Venmo is also working on launching a credit card in late 2020. I don't know if it launched, so we'll get back to you on that one. But I imagine that they'll also create revenue from all those credit card services, like Mm -hmm. charging fees and late fees and the APR and and all of that jazz related to those cards. A couple things to mention here. One is if you have ever tried to open an online store before, like on Shopify, 2.9% fees, I think industry standard, it's usually like 2.9% fee plus a 30 30 cent base fee. So that makes it really difficult because uh, a lot of times if you're just charging for $1 items, 30 cents of a dollar item is pretty high. And when you start cranking up into the higher percentages, 3% actually takes off a good bit. So think about tax in most states probably averages around 7%. So it's one and a half over total, it'd be one and a half times your tax would be taken out in total. So it's a good chunk of money, I think, for yeah. for Venmo to just provide the platform. It's definitely a, uh, a margin eater. <laughs> like if I'm, mm-hmm. you know, like my example of running a t-shirt company that's who knows making 20% margin, that's, you know, 3% of my margin that's being eaten up by payments. But to your point, it is fairly standard. I know that I believe that's for Visa and MasterCard, tra- like credit card transactions for businesses, I think that's also 3%. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. American Express is a little bit higher at like 34 or 3.5%, but it's definitely in line with, with industry. Something else to think about as well is it's not just a Venmo thing, but I think a lot of fintech companies are doing this. They're starting to look at providing full end-to-end platforms. So Venmo started as a social payment uh, platform, then they're moving into credit cards, I've seen some point of sale software services as well, where you can pay via Venmo online. I know they're integrated into things like Splitwise, which for people that aren't aware of Splitwise, they're basically just kind of like a bill splitter for people that have roommates at home and Venmo is one way to pay people. So I know that they have multiple plays uh, in order to gather more revenue and you see other fintech companies kind of do the same thing. Definitely. Yeah. So let's talk about how Venmo came to be. So Venmo is actually founded by Andrew Cortina and I might, you know, butcher the name here, but Ikram Magdon Ismail, who were both classmates at UPenn. They were actually, uh, I think, freshmen, freshman roommates, or um, they had met while they were freshmen. They were helping a friend's yoga shop and realized how horrible traditional point of sale software was. Their original idea was created uh, while they're at a jazz show where they came up with this concept to instantly buy an MP3 actually through text. So they would just text something and pay via text and then get an mp3 back in return which i think is a a pretty neat concept right yeah this is kind of a wild founding story it's like the ultimate garage story it's got all the aspects you know it's like a friend's yogurt shop and at a jazz show and we're classmates together (laughs) i don't think all the founder stories are real like you know i think sometimes people (laughs) retroactively go back and they come up with some interesting story because it's part of the pitch right oh me and my friend were throwing baseballs around and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden we came up with Gogurt. I don't know, something random. (laughs) And um, yeah, I think founder stories sometimes are just there uh, and could be made up. And I think also if you look back at a lot of founder stories, sometimes they'll be inconsistent. They'll say that they founded it one way and then turn around and say that they founded it some other way. I want to say that we saw that with Netflix, right? Didn't they say something along the lines of, uh, they oh, the late fees, some like crazy overdraft fee, but that was just a story for to pitch. Anyways, the final straw in taking this idea to full production was during a visit to his friend Cortina, Magda Nismail forgot his wallet and realized how terribly inconvenient it was to settle debt via traditional methods. So they said, you know what, we need to actually build this thing and actually create a way to pay socially. 
The original prototype allowed users to actually send money via text because it was the lowest you know, barrier of entry. You don't have to download anything, but that shifted towards a smartphone app later, probably because of privacy concerns. I know Venmo has been uh, criticized in the past for security breaches and hacks. And in fact, I've actually had my Venmo account uh, hacked once before oh, and had really? to yeah, work with people. I think it was like five grand. Yeah. Um, and had to like work with the bank and work with people. And it was, yeah, it was really annoying. And you don't notice it, right? Because Venmo is constantly in your in your bank account all the time. And I just happened to notice one day that there was like this big withdrawal of money and it wasn't mine, uh, but it worked out. So cool. Um, in 2010, they raised $1.2 million in seed money. In 2012, they were acquired by Braintree for $26.2 million. So that was pretty quick turnaround for them to be acquired for a large sum of money. And a year later in 2013, Braintree itself was acquired for $800 million by PayPal. So that's a pretty big step up in three years to go from $1.2 million in seed money to, you know, I don't know what portion of Braintree uh, Venmo itself was evaluated at, but $800 million on the whole is a, a lot of money. And I, I would say that it's probably pretty worth $800 million Venmo itself. Yeah, d- definitely. And we'll dive into some of the numbers later. Uh, a quick anecdote on Venmo and PayPal. It's It's funny because... My parents, specifically my dad, does not trust Venmo. Like he's like, oh, like I'm not mm. going to send money on Venmo. He used to work at a bank, but he loves using PayPal. And I was trying to explain to him this past Christmas when we were like trading money and like buying Christmas gifts that PayPal owns Venmo, and he's like, it's different. And it it was funny how it's just <laughs> the he came into using PayPal as an eBay user. Like he yeah, yeah. was always finding deals on eBay and, you know, PayPal's part or like was built with in, in, in conjunction with eBay. So he just has that, you know, years of brand equity built mm-hmm. into his mental like trust with with PayPal as a service. But with Venmo, it's just like this new new tech thing that all the kids use and he doesn't trust it. <laughs> what are all these emojis? What do they mean? Uh, I agree with you. Yeah. So I, there is certainly a social aspect of Venmo and it gives a lot of, I won't say just boomers because I even have friends myself that were very untrusting of Venmo early. I remember, this is a funny anecdote, but I remember one time I was wanting to pay somebody back for something and I asked if they had Venmo and they said, I don't have a Venmo, but can you send me a check? And I <laughs> just had to look at them funny. Just lost it. That's that's hilarious. It's also yeah. similar to my brother and I are in a fantasy football league and the organizer of the fantasy football league does not use Venmo. And actually this past year of like the past six or seven years, we've been participating in this fantasy football league. His wife finally got Venmo. So it's still a complicated process because we used to have to mail him a check and we're all over the U.S. And mm-hmm. um, this year, we were all super excited where we got paid within a day as opposed to waiting, you know, weeks for a check. I know. Yeah. For a check to come in the mail. It's funny, too. You know, my friend that asked for the check, I think they have one Venmo account now after a couple of years of convincing. They have one Venmo account now for the family. Oh, so and so handles a Venmo account, and I'm like, why? Why don't you just? <laughs> <laughs> you have a debit card, right? Yeah. Like... So I think it is a thing, but you know, in some ways, maybe if you look at Venmo as a traditional bank, it does kind of make more sense, right? Like, a couple might open one bank account instead of each opening one for the two of them. So mm, I kind of get it, but Venmo is so easy to set up that I don't really understand why you wouldn't just do it for each individual person. But yeah, as Mike alluded to, PayPal because they acquired. Braintree, which acquired Venmo, you know, Venmo is now part of PayPal's portfolio. And a lot of ways, PayPal and Venmo are like extremely similar. It was a very interesting play for them to acquire Venmo, but still keep Venmo separate, right? I think I'm still confused to this day why, you know, they have them separate. I guess like you can think of PayPal more of a 
payment processing service versus Venmo is just social. But you can send payments to your friends via PayPal and it's kind of the same thing, right? I would say maybe it's not, I don't even know if it's not as quick. I would say it's about the same. I'm sure it's about the same now. I imagine that it's integrated into, actually, you know, I know I know it is because I had to go through this exercise with my dad this past Christmas season with exchanging money for Christmas gifts. I think it's just, it goes down to segmentation mm-hmm. and touching into like, who is Venmo for? And Venmo is just 100% mobile first. I think that maybe five years ago or six years ago, I just remember I used to be able to transfer money on a desktop. Like if I was using Venmo.com from a web browser on my laptop or desktop, I used to be able to transfer money. But now like you can only access the, those services through the mobile app. Mm. So I think what PayPal is doing is just segmenting their customers is saying, hey, Venmo is going to be only for our mobile customers. And then PayPal is kind of for everything else and all those other things. And I'm sure that there's different profiles of customers that, that they have on who uses PayPal versus who uses Venmo. And that might be why they keep them as kind of walled gardens and or not walled gardens, but just separate brands. I don't think that's always a bad play. I mean, you look at Facebook's acquisition of Instagram and they didn't rebrand it as Facebook pictures or something weird. Like, you know, <laughs> it's still Instagram. And I think a lot of times you'll see the issue with acquisitions is that a lot of the existing customer base gets miffed because the acquiring company makes a lot of sweeping changes and maybe they have a particular brand history that don't align with, you know, the the values of the, you know, acquirees companies. Today, I guess a recent example is Slack. Um, Slack just recently got acquired by Salesforce and they're very two different companies. So I'm interested to see how those will play out. But Venmo was kind of that new hip millennial type player. I think the primary users were probably the millennials and PayPal was more like, you know, your dad and my dad did the same thing. He used, you know, PayPal and eBay as well. So there's a lot of merit to be said that they could keep those two two things separate and still see a lot of value between the two of them. Yeah. And as we alluded to in the opener with Venmo has become a verb. It's one of those awesome brand value things. It's Mm -hmm. like, hey, like I'll Venmo you later. Like you could be out with a group of friends and you're splitting a bill and it's like, hey, I don't have cash, but I'll I'll Venmo you later. And like, you know that they're, they're going to be good for it and you can remind them for it. So I imagine if I'm PayPal, like I don't, I mean, building brand equity is super hard for for any kind of company. So you, if, if PayPal was to just eliminate that and call it like PayPal mobile by Venmo, it's just, it loses its, yeah, it loses its allure. And it, because I would love to see how sticky Venmo is. And by sticky, I mean like how often are customers repeat customers just because like what like there's so many other different options to to send money and mm-hmm. i know we'll get to competitors later but i think having that brand equity of being a verb just is a huge leg up for them to for customers to keep coming back yeah and something else to think about too is there's a ton of players in the space but i, I think of square as well so i remember earlier on small and medium businesses local businesses were starting to adopt square and I remember asking, like, do you guys have Venmo? And earlier on, Venmo was not doing any types of business transactions. They weren't allowing businesses to use Venmo. But I think they started to do that more recently, if I remember. But yeah, I remember thinking this is a big opportunity for Venmo. I already have Venmo as a mobile payment platform on my phone. This is way before Apple Pay became big. This is way before NFC payments were around. Any of those things, right? And so, you know, I feel like Venmo, it just still kind of stayed in that small niche space of social payments. Whereas they could have expanded into or could have at least been expanded by PayPal into some of these other areas like small and medium businesses or things like that. But so I wonder why they didn't do that. And that definitely leads us into like who Venmo is for. And, you know, we touched on it is 
Venmo has definitely reached critical mass, you know, as a product for the masses. There's mm-hmm. definitely, especially within millennials, it's reached that. It's like like we talked about earlier. It's weird or strange if one of your friends doesn't have Venmo, like for say. Yeah. Um, and so looking back to when Venmo first started, like who the early customers were and who Venmo was, was really built for. And it, it was those heavy mobile users that were likely millennials that really trusted the digital wallet like features that were willing to take the risk of you might get hacked like like you did Jeff um and <laughs> but that was worth it because you got the convenience of transferring yeah. money you don't need to get a check <laughs> and like what do I do with a check now you know it's like I took one for the team I I got hacked so everybody else can comfortably <laughs> use Venmo I think I got hacked like like 3 years ago it wasn't even that long ago cuz Venmo I remember starting to use Venmo when I went to grad school. So that was like 2013. And that's when I think first downloaded Venmo. And so it had been around at that point. It just been acquired by PayPal around that time. And I was just starting to use Venmo. And I know a lot of my friends were just starting to use Venmo. So it had been around for some time. But yeah, like it's still weird, right? Like now you'll still ask people, do you use Venmo? And like most of the time it's like 90% yes. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you still ask. It's a good note on that too is like Venmo is becoming one of many where there's Mm -hmm. most of the users that use a mobile peer-to-peer payment service like Venmo report using more than one service. So I I thought that was interesting. In terms of the customers from the the business side of things, Venmo in 2020 reported just over 2 million businesses are using their platform for payments. So definitely definitely sizable. And and I didn't see a growth number there, but I imagine that that's growing at a good clip too. So Venmo is also... To your point, going after that, what's ripe for it is those those large, those, especially because they're generating revenue from it, those large business accounts and even small and medium businesses as well. Uh, in terms of Venmo's current customer size, they reported 52 million active accounts. And I thought some interesting numbers here was Venmo also had $102 billion worth of transactions. Jeez. So all those 52 million people you know, transacted $100 billion, over $100 billion between them. They also reported $450 million in revenue from those transactions. So if you think about that, they're, they're actually generating an average of uh, 0.45% um, in revenue per transaction. So just to make that clearer, it's if, if Jeff sends me a dollar, Venmo earns less than a half of a cent in revenue from that. So I thought that was interesting that they're actually able to to make that on average across all the transactions. Because Venmo's free, I, I never think about those those fees, but it, it does all add up. Yeah. And the transaction volume is huge on Venmo, right? Because you think of the smaller transaction sizes, lower barrier of entry, it's faster to access. I think the verification is pretty simple. You just punch in your card, whereas traditional money sending meant that you needed a routing number, an account number, things like that. So it's just a lot easier to send money. So even though it doesn't sound like a lot, half of a cent per transaction, there's a ton of transactions going on. So the volume is so huge that they're actually earning some significant income, it sounds like. Yeah, I was shocked that they had $450 million in revenue. So that's uh, definitely crazy numbers, especially because there are so many different options for customers to shop around or to, to, to pay around. Let's talk about some competitors. So I think one of the biggest competitors that Venmo probably has today is Obviously, similar competitors like Cash App. I think Cash App's probably... I haven't used Cash App, have you? I feel like that's like very Gen Z, but... I was just going to say Gen Z Twitter user hit me on yeah. the Cash App. That's right. like that's what I think of. <laughs> so. Yeah. So like Cash App is like, you know, even people that didn't understand Venmo, they're definitely not going to understand Cash App. But yeah, it's definitely something that I haven't personally used because I've been using Venmo. But other than Cash App, there are other 
competitors or options, like even bank operated solutions. I think of Chase's Quick Pay, which is powered by Zelle, which is its own company. And Zelle has twice the annual transaction value of Venmo. But again, that they're usually transferring larger sums of money because it's through a bank than you know quicker social type payments. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. In grad school, I had a friend from South Africa that he refused to use Venmo, <laughs> but he <laughs> wanted to use Zelle. Like, yeah. That was his trusted payments. Mm-hmm. But he had a whole grip against like the American banking system and just even the fact that everywhere especially in grad school, like coming to the States, he needed like to send checks and fax things. He's like, this is the US. Like, why are we still, why do I need to send a fax to anyone? Yeah. Or why do I even need to send a check to anyone? You're um, asking the right questions. We're still asking those questions. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, to, to your point, I, thought, I think it's super interesting that, you know, Zelle does handle more transaction value annually, like 200 billion in transactions. But because the product's built directly into your Chase bank account, or I use Ally, so I'm just handling larger sums of money. Not that I'm a mm-hmm. baller or anything, but it's larger than my $2 for a taco that right, I'm going to send right. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you can send me more if you want. I think Venmo's transaction limit is, I want to say like two grand or something like that. Um, something like that. I think I've had to send that money once for something pretty big. Like I, I don't remember what it was, but I think it was paying for like some festival tickets or something like that. It's a pretty large sum of money, but yeah, it's still limited, you know, so you can't necessarily send like more than a couple thousand dollars on Venmo for, for probably good reason. Um, totally. Other competitors include OS-based competitors, things like Google Wallet, Apple Pay. There's even one called Twitter Buy that I found out about and I've never heard of Twitter Buy, but it does remind me, you remember when I think Facebook was testing out some social sending features where you can send like a dollar they didn't really broadcast it, but I vaguely remember it being there. Do you? Now that you mention it, I, I think I do. It's interesting with Facebook because it's so prevalent that Facebook's constantly A-B testing just mm-hmm. because if right. you have like whatever, like a billion users, you can scale up a product feature to a million people and that's a tiny launch. And you can see like the, how that feature does with that million people. Um, and then you can, yeah. you can sunset that and, or, or kill the product really quick if it's not right, gaining traction. Right. But yeah, I do remember seeing something with Facebook. Now that I remember, I think what happened was I told somebody, I'll be there in 10, like 10 minutes. And then it said, would you like to send so-and-so $10? And I'm like, no, I don't want to send you money. <laughs> yeah. And I think Snapchat had done something as well with Snapcash, which, you know, makes you wonder why they integrated a payment system into into snapchat maybe this was prior to snapchat premium and that was um, pre only fans exactly the snap had to have a way to to monetize the the lewdness i mean that's basically what happened right so exactly um, so yeah like a a ton of people are starting to integrate payments as basically a core offering into their feature set and it just seems weird in some cases so i'm curious to see how other people are going to expand moving forward yeah and i think too with one of the competitors that i see is blockchain based transactions just Mm -hmm. because of you know, Bitcoin, it's early 2021 and Bitcoin has hit over, you know, $42,000 in per Bitcoin price. I, I think there's a ton of value that any kind of blockchain based financial transaction has just being able to lower that transaction time mm-hmm. between institutions. I think it's less of a competitor to someone like Venmo, but more of a, a competitor to like a, a Zelle where you're having these large transactions and I don't want to pay a 3% fee on a $10,000 transaction fee. But if I'm using a blockchain-based solution and also with something like Zelle, it might take a day or two. It's not going to be instant. But Mm -hmm. with blockchain, it could be could be instant and also work across different countries as well. So I think that's that's interesting, but that's a whole 
different rabbit hole that we yeah. should dive into. Yeah, at some other point for sure. No, I, I'm glad that you mentioned it because um, part of the the main benefits of blockchain are obviously that it's like distributed. There's you know decentralized. There's not one bank and because you don't have individual banks trying to talk to one another, and it's just one giant ecosystem, you can kind of pull and make transactions at any point that you want. Plus, the, the meme potential is just, it's a rocket ship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So maybe we can move into our thoughts and talk about Venmo and what we think about them. I'm happy to start. So I think Venmo really nailed it on the head in terms of who they're looking to serve. Social payments is definitely something that was not around before Venmo, to my knowledge. It made payments a lot quicker. I think the millennial era has a strong affinity for experiences, right? So you go out and you have a meal or you go out and you pay for some experience and somebody picks up the tab and you guys kind of split it later. Before it meant like trying to get dollars and cents and change at the register or you know, it meant like, I'll get you next time, but- No one ever got you next time. There wasn't exactly. a next time. Yeah. So, I mean, now it's super easy, right? You just split it in half and you can just instantaneously send that money via Venmo and it just makes things a lot simpler. So I think the fit was great. It's free for most people to use. I mean, it's pretty incredible that it's free, right? I think most people get a ton of value out of Venmo considering that they don't use, I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever used any of their paid features like instantaneous withdrawals or I haven't used any of their credit cards. I think I've had- a credit card on file for emergencies, but I typically link a bank account um, or a debit card to it. So I don't have to pay those fees. And it's generally a really, really easy user experience. I will say that Venmo hasn't really changed in the past mm -hmm. five years. Like I think it's kind of grown a little bit stagnant. And I do think that there was some opportunity for them to really blitz scale and grow. I want to say that's probably due to the acquisition by PayPal. I mean, PayPal hasn't really changed for the last five years either, but <laughs> um, but no, I think overall, you know, it's a great product. Um, it really has a good product market fit. I think for what it's intended, small transactions, paying people back, sending money back and forth to people instantaneously, it does exactly what um, it needs to do. I would probably rate this a four and a half. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I'm also going to call it a four and a half out of five star products. So all the points that you said, and specifically like the job that it's doing is the it's it's your digital wallet you know like mm -hmm. i i don't even carry cash on me i don't i've just tried to go mi super minimalist with it. my wallet is actually just a couple credit cards that i have and a little <laughs> like little mini wallet with no cash in it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because yeah. i know that i have venmo to rely on for all those small little social payments to folks so yeah i think venmo nailed the product market fit uh, especially with the the free transactions treat it like cash it's like you load it up with a hundred dollars into your wallet and you can pay people like, as needed and i do think that there is a ton of opportunity for them to innovate and, and to continue to grow. So we'll see if new features get added and, and what the future holds for Venmo. Well, those are our thoughts on Venmo, and we'd love to hear from our audience. So feel free to share what you think with us on our Instagram and Twitter accounts. You can find us at ProdX Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast. Yeah, and if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And let us know what other products we should review next. See you next episode.